This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Sunday night, I cannot go to sleep anymore. It's like I have like the Sunday Sunday scare. I'm like anxious. You have to face Florio in mere hours from when you go to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that too. It's unsettling. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? It's Chris Sims. It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Ahmed Verita is here. It is yes. a Monday, and I did not have a full night of sleep, but uh, it was better. It was better. We're, we're trending in the right direction. <laughs> Arrow up, okay? Yeah. Did you change anything? Did you do anything differently? I didn't drink yesterday, right? So like I told you in the past, like on Sundays, I usually, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock, maybe have like that one drink, and then like that's it for the day, right? Okay. I didn't do that. So... Like, I fell asleep easy. I went into a deep sleep, but, like, still nonetheless woke up at 4 a.m. with, like, and that was, I believe, my third bathroom break of the night, right? I drank too much water, and I'm definitely at that age of, like, if you drink too much water, (laughs) even if I don't drink water, I'm going to drink pee one time during the night, right? If I drink a glass of water before I go to bed, I'm going to pee twice before I go to uh, during the night, and I drank, like, a lot before that. So that, yeah, that happens to me sometimes. That's like, Body, me over. Just take this in. This I, is good for you. It's, we're at the it. age that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. It's it's a very uh, real thing I'm learning from over forty year old men. <laughs> Our bodies are like, what are we going to do with this? Why would you give this? Get, to get me? it out now. Water. What is so, this? Exactly. So but then have... I got the brain going at four a.m. Yeah. and then I started. You know, it's just one little slippage of like the brain going down the wrong tunnel. Oh, right. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. I got a lot of safeties on my list that I got to watch or, you know, oh, you know, just anything. And then all of a sudden the brain sparks and all of a sudden here we go and I'm down a wormhole and I'm like, fuck, yeah. it's 420 and I'm still awake. Why aren't I asleep? Correct. Knowing you for what, what are we going on now? Four years yeah, I've known yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can tell that you are someone who once the brain starts going, it's hard to shut. It's that hard to stop off. me. It is. It is. definitely is. And I can. Yeah, it just uh, it was one of those things. But it's like I feel pretty good today. Better yeah. than I had the last few Mondays. Okay, good. All right. Had a good weekend. We had some nice weather up here in the Northeast. Yeah. Right. How'd you do? You doing all right? It was and good. Then, I was in Virginia I last week I was with some family. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I listened on the way back to Thank you and Connor talking about the offensive linemen. And I was shocked. It was right. like an hour and a half. And you talked about 10 dudes. I know. We I got like, a lot in. I was we like, definitely Connor's did. a drill sergeant here. Well, he like, did. He kept, he kept it going. He next. was like, are you sitting on next, next guy? <laughs> Which is probably good for Almond's alignment because yeah, there's not a yeah. ton to unpack. At yeah. least that's sexy for the listeners out there. But, uh, yeah, we had some good combos. And thanks to Connor once again for subbing in for oh, you. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, it was great. And then, um, I mean, today is like... It's a great day. This is a monumental day for the for our podcast and you and me. So you've built your reputation on quarterbacks, obviously. Yeah, you, know, you know quarterbacks. I guess. You played quarterbacks, and you, you, you know what you're talking about there. But I like to believe that 
for as long as you've been talking about legs and thighs and butts. Yeah. I know something about that, too. This is the pot of butts. This and this exactly. is the pot of big butts. Exactly. We got a uh, tweet here from J.B. Twoots, who said, Not a question, but Ahmed, the homies, cannot last until September for big butts. Not to mention, what else is Ahmed going to do this summer? This is literally the only thing he this does. Is the only thing, it's literally like you have a contract with NBC that just says evaluate butts. This End is what line. I did. Yes. Here we go. We're paying you this amount to evaluate butts. Everything else is just, we don't even, screw it. Yeah. Tell them the hell was Sunday baseball. Yeah. You got butts to worry about. Kentucky Derby? No, <laughs> ah, can't do it. We got butts to worry about. They go, what do you do on that unbutton podcast? I go, the butts. I yeah, do. I'm the butt I'm the, butt, I'm the unbutt, but the butt part. <laughs> yeah, it's, part of the, it's part of the name of the podcast. <laughs> it's all part of our play on words here. So so we will yeah. talk about the butts. And yes. we talked about the edge butts right. already. Right. Created a stir there yeah. a little bit. But yeah. we're going to talk about the big, the real oh, big butts. Yeah. The DTs. My, my... Yeah, I mean, the the DTs, again, it, it, there's so many freaks. You're seeing right now in football, you know, these DTs, big DNs, whatever. The guys we talk about today, not even in the top five, the ones that are out of the top five, they're going to affect a lot of football here over the next few years. It's such an important position in the sport right now, you know, and especially – yeah, we know with these offenses as 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 different as they all are and how versatile are. You know, you need a defensive lineman that yeah, oh, he can stop the run and he can rush the passer, and you know he can be a hybrid player as well to match that. Um, but you know, overall, yeah, this is a fun position to talk about. We got some high end guys to talk about for sure, and uh, yeah, as you know, as I know, this is where the money's made in the NFL. There's a reason. Again, we get into the final four. And you talk about those teams, right? Oh, oh, oh the 49ers, they got good D linemen and, you know, Armstead and Kinlaw on the inside, right? Two top 20 picks there. The Eagles with Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, right? And Hargrave left and went to the 49ers. So he's they're still, though, they're rotating there, right? And they got Jordan Davis coming up the ranks yeah. in Philly. So that's where they could let go of Javon Hargrave. And then you got Chris Jones and that group oh. in Kansas City, right? He's arguably the best D tackle in football right now. And then even in Cincinnati, it might not be that DJ Reader, though, is a force. Oh, my god! And you can't move him. So it's a very important position is what we're saying. Just like we talked about with yeah. edge, it can make a whole lot of other things work a lot better. Right. You, you know, you're not satisfied with your defensive backs, Agreed. your corners. It's just like, all right, get pressure on the quarterback. Stop it the is. run game. Makes life easier for everyone else. Definitely. And it's the – if you have good ones, right, and especially in the era of quarterback design run, right, Mm-hmm. The we can't stop everything, but oh, we'd like to add. You know, we're worried about this guy in the slot and this receiver, but damn, they can run the quarterback design run and do all that. Well, the greatest advantage you can have in defending that stuff right now is some D linemen, especially D tackles, that can be responsible for more than one gap. Right. Mm. So now you don't have to worry necessarily. The numbers don't always have to go match up exactly to where it's like, All right, we need one more guy in the box here in case they keep the ball with Jalen Hurts around the edge. Right. The teams with really good D lines can go, eh, we'll take a chance. Our guy, our guy's so good here. We think we're can. Yeah, we're slightly outnumbered, but our four is really like five or mm. you know what I mean? If that mm-hmm. makes sense. And yeah. that's what a really good D line D lineman could do for your team too. a two to gapper, point. a two, two gapper. gapper. Right. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about three technique and some of the terms yeah, we that go along with these guys down, too. Right? Yeah. But before we do any of that, Pete yeah. had a good idea. Let's play the song. We, we don't often hear this. It is that Woo! time. Big butts and we cannot lie. The big butt of the week. Oh. 
Time's up. Give some love to these big guys. A couple sacks, forced fumble. He's a butting superstar. And give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheek. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. So if you're watching on Peacock or YouTube, you saw us jamming out to that. And Chris yeah. was checking his phone, but I was kind of bobbing my head here. And you know who else might bob their head to that? Yeah. Bill Belichick oh. and Nick Saban. Well, you know that. Friend of the pod, Kevin Clark. Oh, over I at thought the you were going to say Belichick and Well, yeah. I mean, Saban. they're all probably friends of the pod, right? I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they all listen. Uh, this is what Kevin Clark tweeted. He goes, Kirby Smart said at a coaching clinic that Nick Saban taught him that Bill Belichick goes to the combine to scout players with huge A's. Yes, that's right. Uh, one of these days, you're gonna. It's a technical football term. It's not a swear. You could say <laughs> huge asses. I could have. It's a technical term. No right. one's gonna say that was a swear. We're gonna you're go. Right. You're just talking football. Yeah. All you're right. right. Just didn't feel right. But um, I well, Kevin Clark's the man, right? Yes. He's my buddy. I like him a lot. I really do. And I mean, he's putting out a thought that yes, is very well known in certain you know coaching corners of the NFL. Hey, there's the teams that like the speed guys a little bit more, as we talk about all the time. Yep. Smaller speed, one gap, just get in there and cause disruption. And then there's this school of coaching. And, again, that's that's where I believe in. You know me. I mean, who taught Bill Belichick? Right. Uh, Bill Parcells, George Young, the GM of the Giants. I mean, they had a lot of big asses on the team at that point. That's why they were Big Blue, the Wrecking Crew, the G-Men, because they were big, right? And, uh, yeah, there's just there's that aspect. And I, I know it's still, like I always say, a big man's game. And D-tackles and so many of the great teams we've talked about through the history of the sport, you know, whether that position gets the notoriety or not, they always have good players at that position, whether yeah. it's the Giants in 86 or the 49ers of 89 or whoever. Uh, you can promise they got this addressed at this situation, so at this problem, it or seems this like, position. Yeah, it might be easy to identify which yeah. players are going to stand out because yeah. you just go by, you get the tape measure out, and you measure the butt here. But some guys do slip through the cracks. Yes, and so right. instead of kind of looking at the consensus from the last few years, okay. I compiled a list, two lists, yeah. in fact. One is the big butt bonanza, right. players who slipped in the draft and ended up being very, very good, okay. and also the big butt busts. Ooh. So let's start with the good before okay. we get into the bad here. Right. And I just went back through recent history here. We're talking... 2015, basically. And so if you're watching on YouTube and Peacock, you can see, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day yeah. out of Rutgers. Sixth round guy. Was awesome with the Rams. Awesome. Played with the Chargers last year. Uh, 2016, you got DJ Rito, Reader. Yeah. Fifth round guy. Grady Jarrett, a fifth round guy. A couple guys from Clemson there. Javon Hargrave. You talked about him. The yeah. million dollar, multi-million right. dollar man. He was a third rounder in 2016. Raekwon Davis out of Alabama. You got Delvin Tomlinson. You also got Osa I don't even know. Odigizua. Odigizua. Right. Odigizua. And he kind of showed up on my radar when I was looking through some of yeah, the numbers. Right. A Dallas Cowboys guy who started all 17 games, I believe, right. last year. It was yeah. a big Undersized, part of Undersized, freaky yeah. numbers of the combine, right? Third round guy. And then at the bottom of the list, you have Chris Jones, who dropped to the second round. Right. Raekwon Davis, Davlin Tomlinson. They, exactly. These are all like. So Not w- first rounders, but, but tremendous players. Tremendous players that also, too, this is where this is a great conversation of being, what are they asked to do? See, a lot of the Alabama guys have always been undervalued at detail. Ooh. Like Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne. Right. They never Jonathan Allen a little bit more, but like the draft community did not love Deron Payne when he was coming out, you know, and I'm not sitting here trying to toot my own horn because I love them. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is 
that's where this is an interesting position because they didn't love him because they're going, well, he doesn't disrupt much. He doesn't do – he doesn't sack the quarterback a lot. And you had to watch him to go, well, he's doing exactly what he's being asked to do. The coach is telling him to make a mosh pit in the middle. He's not asking him to disrupt. He's going, mm-hmm. stand there and be immovable so all my other freaks can come in and make the tackle. So you have to evaluate it for that. But it's not always sexy. And that's where that's fun. That's why I think a guy like Grady Jarrett, who's another guy – not Grady Jarrett, uh, DJ Reader, who I like coming out yeah. in 2016. Same kind of thing. It's not sexy. You know, it's not going to be good on the highlight show or whatever else. But there's real tangible value because of what these guys can do. You know, same with Raekwon Davis there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a position that does not get the notoriety it should. One, if you're effing the play up. Or That's two, a, yes. if you're taking on double teams and nobody's moving you. Nobody really knows or cares. Until you talk to some real football player or people or you you have somebody like me who's watching film to tell you like, hey, you know why the Rams couldn't run the ball in the Super Bowl two years ago? Because fucking DJ Reader couldn't be moved, right? He couldn't be moved. We all thought, oh, maybe the Rams will be able to run the ball. They couldn't do it. Why couldn't they run it, right? Well, DJ Reader took two blockers every time and they couldn't move them. So that was the reason, but that doesn't get the notoriety it should, but there's great value in the NFL, as we know. Some of the all-time guys, too. You got Geno Atkins, Mm -hmm. who was a fourth-rounder. Uh, was a two-time All-Pro, oh. eight-time Pro Bowler for the Bengals. He's and- like the opposite. It's too small, a little quick. Like, wait, is this guy going to really work? It's all disruption. Can he hold his ground? Right. It was that. So he was yeah. like the opposite of what we're talking about there. And of course, he's a baller. Was a baller. And then all-time yeah. underrated, undrafted, right. John Randall. Oh, six-time All-Pro, Hall Come of on. Famer. Come on, that's right. And we got to. We got a guy in this draft here. We got two guys that we can make that kind of comparison, this similar what? guy. To a well, Hall of Famer? I'm not going to say that, but I'm saying in the type of player they are. The undersized, twitchy, like, are you really that fucking strong at that size? Like, are you serious? Like, is that real? Can they really pack that much dynamite into that small of a package? Like, is that real? Yeah. That's what he was. And, yeah, freak of nature. But, yeah, I know those guys, him, Warren Sapp, right, those kind of guys, the more you're speed go through one gap i grew up in the era of you know yeah it was you might not leonard marshall you remember leonard marshall back in the day with the giants he was a big five technique you know the richard seymour's of the world those the vince wilfork that's the school of thought i've always come from but you know as we know aaron donald and company are doing quite fine in the nfl too so there's the good and then there's also the bad some first round guys Mm. who just haven't panned out as Mm. first round guys to see this here not real top of the first round but they're still first first round still first round robert uh, kim dichi i saw that one cardinals that we were working together i believe for kim dichi Uh, that was one of those 2016 uh man i swear i was here in this room doing that but maybe maybe i'm i guess i'm wrong maybe i wasn't kim dichi i guess was not i guess i was not yeah, Kim Dichie was one of those. Kim Dichie is another one of the guys that we've had a theme of on our podcast lately. Number one recruit coming out of high school. Ooh, yeah. Right? Went to a team, and they were pretty good. He still looks like he looks the part. So he has to be the part. He has to be. And then you would turn on the film and go, wait, he's 12 yards down the field. But we're just going to look the part, and because of his high school ranking, he's going to be in the first round. Yeah, you had an early anchor as one of the best players, and it was hard for a lot of people to get they off, get of, off of it. It's a very real thing in our world right now. Vernon Butler to the Panthers was uh, into the first round. That one hurt me. I was Now, I'm the opposite on that one. I like Vernon Butler. I was wrong about that one. 
Taven Bryan. Yeah, Taven Bryan. End of the first round of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I, well, people thought maybe he could be a J.J. Wattish type of guy. Did not work out. And Jerry Tillery also yeah. end of the first round out of Notre Dame to the yeah. Chargers. Hasn't worked out. And I put Javon Kinlaw on this list, too. To be determined, right? To be determined. Right. And some of that is injuries, but I don't think even when, when healthy, he has looked like the guy that we thought he could have been. No, no. And you're right. I don't know. You know, the, the thing I will say that in defending Javon Kinlaw is I don't know if he's been healthy long enough to actually, sure. you know, hit on all cylinders and get to the spot where he could be. But we'll see. You're right. To this point, he's a disappointment. And that's why... They they signed the guy from the other list, Javon Hargrave, because they were like, well, we can't risk this maybe working or another injury. Uh, So that's why they got him along with Armstead and Javon Kinlaw, who they're hopeful that comes around the right way there. But what it showed me is that a lot of the players, the defensive tackles that go at the top of the first round, have pretty much panned out. Maybe they haven't been super superstars, but they've been useful cogs for a long, long time. You're definitely right. You know, you talk about like, hey, talk about some of the guys that we just even think about in this, uh, the fifth year op- option conversation right now. Yeah. What was that, the 2017 draft or 2018 draft with Jeffrey Simmons? Yeah. Quinn and Williams. Yep. Ed Oliver, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, mm-hmm. all in the top 20. All have worked out. Oliver, maybe not to the extent they would like. The other ones more than maybe everybody expected, right? Yeah. Right? They've been superstars. But, yeah, I, you know, as a general thought, you know, you're onto something there that I maybe haven't even thought of a whole lot. You're right. Top 10 or 15 D tackles does not seem like there's a lot of busts in that conversation. Not really. There were a couple in 2003 with Jonathan Sullivan and okay. Dwayne Robertson. Yeah, Dwayne Robertson from Jets. Kentucky. Yeah, right, right. Yep. Him. Um, Solomon Thomas. Solomon you know, Thomas. A few yeah. years ago with the 49ers. You know, like you said, Ken Laws to be determined there as far as top 15 guys. But yeah, for the most part, they seem to work out more times than not. Even a guy like Dan Wilkinson uh, from the Bengals. Yeah. You know, he's number one overall right, player. Right. Never was a pro bowler, never all pro, but he played a ton of years yeah, and had so, like 50-some yeah. sacks uh-huh. and still right. was a very, very Hung good around, player. right, yeah. right. Didn't live up to the one building, billing, but was definitely a NFL starting defensive tackle who was good for a while. So that is uh, our recent history yeah. on some of those guys as I transition. Who was just... your favorite butt of all those guys? Just, you know, who was your favorite butt of all of them? I mean, we know who that is. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be DJ Reader. Or, yeah, 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 it's got yeah, to be up there. You know, yeah, it's just right. like give me, give me oh, big. I would Fill love to see space. DJ Reader in your red pants, man. They look good. <laughs> uh, so, but which one? Here's the real question I want right, to know: right. Who's a nose tackle? Who's a three technique? Gotcha. And who's on the outside here? And so Pete had this idea a couple uh, days a ago yeah. of just to kind of go over this. And so if you're watching, it'll be a little bit easier. But we'll try to explain it as well. You're going to hear, oh, this is a three technique guy, or this is a nose tackle, or this is a a three four defensive end, right? So what are the differences here? And we'll show the picture as well, but kind of as you think about these guys and their roles in those positions too, what are you thinking about? Yeah, so, you know, let's let's break it down little by little here, like right off the bat. Let's see, you know, right where were you, if you're watching, you see the zero or the one, right? The nose tackle or the shade nose, right? That's generally like the biggest, strongest guy on your football team, right? If he's not the biggest, he's the strongest because he's the guy that you're going, wait, you know, if he's the one, okay, again, now the one technique is like you're on the shoulder of the center. You're in that gap almost between the guard and the center. And you're just going, hey, I just want to get in between that gap, a little bit more of that. And, of course, you're going to see double teams there, too, so you've mm-hmm. got to be able to hold your ground, right? Center's going to snap the ball. He's going to block you. The guard there is going to block down on you. And even though you're trying to win that gap, you ain't going to win it. 
Now you just don't lose it now. Can you just hang in there and hold your ground, right? So that's what we're talking about. The zero technique this is what we talk about all the time. That's got to even be a bigger human being than the guy we just talked about with the shade nose, right? This has got to be a guy that goes like we, we have fun all the time. Lines up over the center, huge human being. Of course has to take on the double teams too. And they're going so, you're supposed to take, and while they're hitting you on the side, we'd like you to hold the center there and just not let him move and throw him the way he doesn't want to go when all said and done, right? That's what this, the, the, the nose tackle is, yeah. right? And those are not a, it's a rare thing this day and age. There's not as many of, as much of that in the NFL anymore. And is he asked to be a two-gap guy? He's usually always. Like, you're not going to see a team that's a 3-4 that gets a nose tackle or that type of player where they don't believe he can be a phenomenal two-gap player to the things you're talking about. Hey, we're worried about this and this on their team this week, so we'd like you to kind of do both gaps so it frees up our linebacker to maybe get hurts on the edge or he can help you out if he sees the run coming on the inside, right? Right. But, yes, so the shade nose is a big human. These are the biggest of the big. The shade nose is a big human being. The nose tackle is your gigantic human beings with usually also wanting to have some longer arms associated with that because you are being asked to two gap and lock the arms out and disengage a lot. So there's your your nose tackle, your main run stuffers, right? Now you go to three technique. Your three technique in the traditional world here, right? The outside edge of the guard shoulder there, right? Again, you're going to see some double teams still. Right, you're gonna see that. So you, you the, the tackle's gonna block down every now and then. And you're gonna go, whoa! I gotta hold my ground here. So you gotta be able to do that. But there's a little more space in this area too, to where a really explosive guy can maybe get through that down block, that double team more than the shade nose and the nose tackle. Right. Or there's opportunities where the guard's pulling, or, and you have a little more space. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, yeah, the guard pulls the other way. They follow him down the line yeah. and go make the tackle on the running back or whatever. Right. It's, it is, it's a little bit more, hey, we, we of course want the strength to stop the run game, but a little bit more athletic disruption. Your perfect three techniques of all time, you just brought up one of them. John Randall, right? Warren Sapp, right? Aaron Donald. Mm. Those are your, like, prototypical, smaller defensive, we want the Tasmanian devil at the three technique to just fuck shit up all the time. And, yeah, he'll get moved in the run game every now and then because he's not going to be, like, the guy we just talked about that's 330 and can just never be moved, right? This is the guy that's 305, 310, and you're like, damn, is he that quick, that big? Like, are you serious? Warren Sapp, he just stands under the basket and dunks it? Like, what? Like, that's that guy. That's, that's, that's where they're special. So that's the three technique. And then we get out to the five technique, where it's a little bit of a bigger, longer defensive tackle. Hmm. Like I said, the prototypicals would be Richard Seymour, who we were talking about a minute ago, okay. or a uh, Calais Campbell, right? He's a big human that can he can wrestle in the phone booth with one of those gigantic you know tackles that come out of a cave right mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 Jason Peters of the world the uh, the the uh, yeah. you know you know what I'm trying to, to say. say nothing of their intelligence just the way they're built yeah just the, the way they're built yes. right now we don't care about their intelligence right now this is all physicality right here <laughs> yeah, okay right. but yeah it's that guy to go again almost back to the two gap in conversation we had of the nose tackle but a little more athleticism here on the edge yeah a Seymour can hold up and do the run things but 
you know, can also like, hey, we can line you up a little wider and he can actually rush the passer and have a little value there too. And we can move you into a traditional three technique and you can be pretty good at that because you're kind of athletic too, even though you're not like Warren Sapp, Aaron Donald explosive. For your size and length, they're still exposed to the way you can do that, but that's not your best thing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, right. J.J. Watt, when he first came out, was he more inside and then he evolved into like a four or five Yeah, technique? yeah, a little bit. I think it was like everybody saw that there could be some value for him doing that. Yeah. And then, yes, it was a little bit, is he a three technique who's going to be disruption? Or is he going to be a bigger defensive end who comes off the edge and maybe isn't the fastest first step and all that? But, damn, he's still athletic enough to do it. No, and this kind of gave him the angle where the he became a five technique because he's a freak. Yeah. He's strong as hell to be able to hold people up. And then where he became dangerous is, you know, there's the two-gapping aspect. He would just go – he'd stand up, and they'd go, okay, he's about to lock me up so he can two-gap, and he'd go run in one of the gaps, right, to where every now and then it might leave a hole there that like he miss or guess wrong. But – he was, I mean, again, we're talking about the upper room of the Hall of Fame and a special yeah. room and J.J. Watt here. But, yes, uh, your, your thought or his thought about him was, is right. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. All right, so that's yeah. perfect. So as yeah. we go through some of these players for this year, we'll be able to identify if he's nose tackle, right. three technique, exactly. maybe more outside, because I think the guys that you have here – they're interesting, specifically the top three, and probably yeah. all five of them are do things a little bit differently. They're not the same kind of no, they're not type and build. Um, so overall, yeah. as a class this year in t- 2023, um, we had two first rounders last year. We had Jordan Davis at 13 to the Eagles. You had right. Devontae Wyatt end of the first round of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, both should have been top ten picks. Wyatt had off the field problems. Jordan Davis, for whatever reason. People are still like, oh, he's too big to be yeah. in the top ten. But uh, for me, they're, they're, they're both top ten I didn't picks. see a whole lot on Jordan Davis this year. Well, he got hurt. That's right. Remember, he got hurt kind of early in the year. Yeah. And he missed about – I mean, he was not on, their, you know, on the field for about an eight- or nine-week span and then kind of came in at the end of the year 
but he wasn't himself. He wasn't quite back to what he can be. I saw him in person in Cleveland at a hotel lobby. Yeah, I was there for baseball. And what would you and think? And there was a preseason game going on. He's a giant human being. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, he's not built like a normal human. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, Some of the I things you know, hear me say. I don't like, even know they made him that big. Right, right. Quite I mean, honestly. he's a freak. Right, he is. And, and again, that's why I'm talking about the value of those guys is very real in the NFL right now. You look at some mock drafts or some big boards, yeah. and maybe four guys could go in the first round. It could be less than that. You got three maybe at the end of the first round. I don't right. know. What was your overall impression of this group? I think there's I think we definitely I think we get four here. Yeah. I, I, I do. I I wouldn't say definitely. You know, I, I think that the top four again in a draft that I look at right now and go, there's not a ton of blue chip players. Yeah. I think after the top four, you get into questions or, wait, this guy's only good at this specific role or whatever, where the top four, they have some elite things about them where you go, whoa, that's just there's not many guys in this draft that have that. Mm-hmm. Or they have you know versatility, right? And th- that's where they're special that way. Um, but you know overall, I, I, I thought it's pretty solid. Maybe it's not like you know as many sexies or – like maybe not as many even like guys where I might go like, oh, yeah, there's a DJ reader like yeah, he won't be drafted in the mid rounds, but he's going to be good in the NFL. I wouldn't be shocked like if he became like, I don't know, are we going to get that? Not as many of those. Not as many of those, but I think we will get as a it, it is a I think a pretty good middle class of guys where you go, okay, I don't know if this guy has a chance to ever be a star, but he can be a really good defense alignment or a starter in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. That's where I got kind of in the middle class. I don't know if there was diamonds in the rough, but more of like where I just go, this guy's good. He's made for the NFL, and there's going to be you know 10 or 12 teams that need a guy like this, and he's going to be highly regarded on their draft board. Without further ado. Without further ado. Let's do it. Let's get into your rankings. 2023 defensive tackle. And so the last time I was with you, yeah. we talked about edge. Yeah. And we created some waves. Yeah. I say we because I was on the well, podcast yeah, with you, good, and I agreed, good. and I shook my head yes right. at, at some times. And maybe yeah, people it's a we. You jumped in now. You're in on it. Will Anderson is uh, at the top of a lot of people's boards yeah. at edge, and really top five pick, according to some people out there. Yeah. You had him as the number five edge guy. Right. So you, you did not see what everyone else He is will not be the number see. one edge guy on the draft. I so can tell you that. The reason I, I bring that so. up right. is because there's another guy, right. and he's at defensive tackle, who a lot of people think could be the top defensive guy off the board, top five pick in the NFL. And right. clearly the best defensive tackle. Are we ready to make waves again where you, know you see it. things differently than the rest of the NFL, Chris? Right. right. Number one D tackle, yeah. guy you've never heard of from a school you've never heard of, Jalen Carter, uh-huh. Georgia. Right. So boring. <laughs> yeah, so boring. I mean, geez, chalk. Yeah. Um, but what did you see from him? Like, okay, you heard me waxing poetically a little bit before the podcast because I couldn't help it. It was like coming out of me. Right, just you know me, I get excited, especially at this position. You know, first off, he's every bit worthy of being the number one pick of the draft, right? When the Bears had the number one pick and there was all that conversation there and all that, like, and a lot of people were saying, oh, well, they could take Jalen Carter, right? I mean, yeah, they could. He's first, he's very, he's just definitely justified of being there. He is the best defensive player in the draft. I, I would I would take him over Tyree Wilson, I believe, from Texas Tech. It's really close. And you like Wilson I a like lot. I like Wilson a lot. I do. But this guy is like, first off, I, 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 again, now it's all football related. I'm not going into the character stuff. Yeah, we'll get into that. Which sounds like no. it's oh, going okay here. But, but football stuff, I, this, is, this is special of special. 
And I know I'm, I, I feel like I say this a lot. I kind of saying this about Jordan Davis last year. I was joking with you before the pod. I think I said it about Quinn and Williams a few years ago. Right. But when I watch this guy here, I just go like, damn, here's your, your new age Warren Sapp or your new age, like, uh, Jerome Brown for older people back in the eighties and early nineties, who was like a top five pick out of the university of Miami and was on that Eagles, Buddy Ryan defense there and was amazing. Right, I can just ask Phil Sims about it, and he'll tell you how amazing he was. Um, but Carter has no the, the ceiling. Of course, is through the roof, and the floor is extremely high. When you're watching him, you're saying that you don't know that you've seen anyone who's put a better tape out there. I, I have. When you watch him, you go through some games and you stop the game and you go, "Wait, am I? Did I click on the game or is this the highlight tape?" Because he'll have a run of plays where you go, "Wait, this is like, this is like." Fucking eighteen out of the last twenty plays are like unbelievable. You're going, and then you like you go like, wait, am I in the right thing here? Oh, I am watching the game. Okay, yeah, it's second down, it's third down. Okay, I mean, so he goes through periods of that where again, he's not always making the tackle, but he's dominating his blocker, and then he can do everything off of it. All right, so can two gap, even though that's not like his best thing. I don't think you want him to do that on a regular basis, but certainly can do that. But then also like. You know, all the three technique, speed stuff, like we talked about, Aaron Donald, John Randall. I mean, he could shoot all those gaps, let alone, like, he could play shade nose, right? Like, he could take on double teams and people don't move him. Or he takes on double teams and he holds his ground and he gets his body contorted in some weird way. And then he gets off the box and makes a tackle. He's amazing in really every area. When he turns and when he runs... I mean, he's scary fast. When he bends around the corner, I want to go. He's arguably as good as the best pass rushers in the draft is, as far as bend is concerned. And then he has the power, too, to where if he decides he wants to come off the ball and he's just going to come off and explode and, you know, jam and, and have a violent punch into your shoulder pads with his hands, you're going backwards. I mean, you know, it, I talked about a guy from Florida last week, Osiris Torrance. I said, no, nobody moved him except for Jalen Carter. That was the only guy that I saw move him. He was this big guard, right? I mean, he moves anybody, so and he can do it all. So for sure there, the versatility, the talent, the disruption, you know, the ability to handle a gap, two gap, right, play any position on the defensive line, it's all there for Jalen Carter, and that's why, you know, I just – can't imagine him being on the board past six at the Detroit Lions. This is as far as it goes. We'll get into where we think right. he might be drafted right. here in just a second because that's a different discussion in and of itself. But yeah, 6'3", 314 pounds. He turned 22 this month. He was a five-star recruit out of Florida. Oh, a freak out of Florida. A freak out of Florida. Say. Never heard of that. Right. Uh, played basketball, weightlifted to show you some of his athletic and power uh, ability out there. Uh, did play through some injuries this year. Had Definitely an ankle, had a knee or an ankle that somebody MCL sprain midseason yeah. played through it. Yeah, cheap shot blocked by uh, the Missouri lineman. I saw it in the game I watched. So, like you mentioned, when I was watching the highlight, as I do, you give me the names, I look at the highlight yeah. film. I got the feeling I was like, this could probably could have picked any play because it looked like he totally ruins offenses he, whenever he's out yeah. there, quick off the ball, unblockable. And at no point when you're watching him are you like, he's not going to make the play here. Ooh, it barely made the play. It was like he just totally blows plays up. He blows them up and then has a, you know, uh, an element that I know you know I love, right? We talked about this with Devin. He has a, I'm sorry for a lack of a better way to say it or whatever, just like a, 
a fuck it aspect about him that I love, right? And what I mean by that is like he's he's in an awkward position and he's fighting with the guard and the center and they're double teaming him and he's got great eyes in the backfield. So he always knows where the ball is. He's incredibly instinctive and just a football player. But, you know, it's like it's not like, oh wait, I'm blocked and oh I'll kind of stick an arm out and maybe I can tackle the guy, right? Or I won't even stick the arm out because I don't want to get in front of that right there in this awkward position. He could be in, like, some weird position. And he just throws his whole body out there, and he makes a tackle, right? I mean, he just he has no regard for himself that way. And that's I, – I mean, to me, that's what stars in the NFL have, right? I mean, he brings it that way. And then, you know, body being in vulnerable positions like I talked about, you know, that's where he's amazing. His contact balance. He has plays where I go – a pulling guard or somebody tries to cut his legs or he's being blocked by somebody and then somebody crushes him in the side and you go, oh man, he's finally going to go down here and he's going to let up a, and he stays on his feet and like rebalances himself and makes a tackle. I mean, it's, it's, it's about as unbelievable you, as you can see for 314. For 314, an easy 314, right? That's yeah. what's amazing about yeah, he, it. He can move. He and, really and can. You're, you're not alone in liking him, obviously. As we mentioned, he's at the top of a lot of people's draft boards. Pro Football Focus says he is the best defensive tackle prospect since at least Quinnen Williams. Yeah, see, there and you even go. that might okay. be selling him short. I, that's, so, so, see, that's the way I feel, okay? You said, I think I said at the time, I was like, Quinnen Williams is about as good as I ever saw coming out of college. This is better. This is better. This is, uh, this is unbelievable and, and really just about every category. So you go off film, obviously. Yeah. You don't yeah. know anything else. You're not interviewing these prospects. No, as much I know as we'd like basics. to bring them in here I to know. NBC Sports, sit them down, every one of them, right. and do a 30-minute interview with right. them, right. Uh, they have not agreed to that. So th- there are issues with, with Jalen Carter, in case you're unfamiliar. Um, some off-the-field issues charged with a misdemeanor of reckless driving and racing related to that January 15th accident that killed his teammate and a staffer there at Georgia. Um, so he's got legal issues happening off the field. And also, um, on the field... He gained nine pounds from the combine, couldn't finish his position drills as his pro day. We have yeah. some video of his pro day. And yeah. Everyone who saw it and was there was like, well, that was, that was disappointing to see Yeah, well, Jaylen they shouldn't Carter. have done it. I mean, it just wasn't the best. They shouldn't have done it. He was one of those guys. He didn't need to work out. I mean, nobody needs to work out with this guy. Like, to what your man Dan Campbell said again. I know we brought it up last week. Who the fuck needs to see this guy work out? Were you kidding me? He is the ultimate. Just turn on the film. Here we go. What was so underwhelming that people saw about his pro I, day? I think it was more than anything was just the weight, and then people felt like his conditioning wasn't top, top notch. Yeah. You know, which, okay, yeah, he was going through a lot of stuff there, right? That's, it's like, yeah. How, you know, that's one where I don't, you know, how much did he get to work out prior to that? That's one where, you know, you'd like somebody to step in and go, you know what? I don't know if you're going to put your best foot forward here for yourself, so let's not go forward at all. Just, yeah. You showed your stuff all season long, and just let that do the talking for you. And then just do your talking off the field to make sure people are comfortable with you as a human being. But, like, again, even that – the film is so good, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's – like, when he, when he decides he wants to rush the passer, his first step is, like, it, the amount of ground it covers, how explosive it is, it's, it's crazy. I think he runs four six, at three four. I mean that's what like when I was watching because I do that with every player. I go, looks like he runs this type of speed, right? You know. And then my last line, I'll just say because you you kind of heard the most of it. I, I can go a little deeper if you wanted, but you know this is different than a lot of the top DTs that have come out. I don't know if any of any of them have had it all like this. Hmm. 
I said top five pick should be number one, better than Simmons or Quinn and Williams coming out. This is all time great type of stuff. So that's the question. Yeah. How high will he go? Right. And Peter King in today's Football Morning in America, he's got a quote in there. It says, quote, an increasing number of people around the league think that Jalen Carter has done enough in his visits not to sink like a stone on draft night. It's becoming almost a cliche how many team officials think the Seahawks will take Carter with the fifth overall pick. <laughs> I told you that a month ago, right? I mean, didn't I say that? I said Pete Carroll is going to take his shirt off and run to the podium if Jalen Carter's still there at number five. Like, they're definitely taking him. And that's where I, so I said he goes no farther than six, you know. Yeah, Lions but, would love to have a player. Right. I mean, you know, you can, you can go three, five, or six for sure could use him in a big-time way. So, I, 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 you know, again, this is a, this is a can't-miss right here we're talking about and, and this guy right here. So, let's get to it. The yeah. Bet MGM first defensive player drafted because the way you're talking about him, if someone likes him as much as you like him – yeah. Yeah, he could go. Yeah, he could go. Even I mean, higher than we're talking Seattle here. So yeah. the numbers for uh, BetMGM look like this, and this is a question from Brant Par- uh, Partial as well. Now that you have watched Jalen Carter fully, yeah. is he the slam dunk top defensive player off the board ahead of Tyree Wilson? So right now, according to the odds, it is Will Anderson, yeah. still the favorite to yeah. go as the first defensive player off the board, right. you know, wherever that is, three, right. four, five. Right. Um, and then after that, it's Tyree Wilson. At plus 500. And then you got Jalen Carter, who I do think at times people thought he could be the top defensive player off the board, yeah. but had some of the off the field issues Definitely. and the legal issues. Right. Um, and so that has dropped him down. So um, I guess just first comment on the odds here and how high could Jalen Carter go? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, th- I think what you said there at the end was real. I mean, when we went to the combine and he had none of these issues, there were people were talking about him as the number one pick. I think that's totally justified. He's that type of talent that he could be that type of guy. Where he goes, you know, okay, three to the Arizona, certainly. I mean, again, it's Jonathan Gannon. What did he just come from? Big asses and big D tackles in Philadelphia, right? Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis. I would think that this guy, he'd go, damn, this guy will work in my defense too, right? So that's number three. All right, and then number five and six, certainly, both – the the like we talk we've talked about it all season. Seattle doesn't have a blue chip defense alignment. Period. So yeah, he'd be great, and especially their scheme they run now. And of course, he'd work at number six too with your Lions. You mm-hmm. need that too. I mean, you got nobody like that. There's nobody like this guy. So it's it's there. I wouldn't be shocked at three. Here's the conversation. Why I don't know if I say he's the top defensive player off the board, right? I think there's a real conversation in Houston over the quarterbacker Tyree Wilson, right? They want their Nick Bosa. D'Amico Ryans wants his Nick Bosa. That's the, he's going, wait, wait I, I'm a defensive coach. I know everybody loves quarterbacks, but I'm going to be judged on my defense. I want the guy that makes my defense go, and that's Tyree Wilson, right? I mean, by all due accounts from what I hear rumors-wise and, like, knowing, you know, Kyle Shanahan and that coaching staff and the way they like I again I don't think Will Anderson would be their cup of tea it's just not explosive enough off the edge to be that kind of guy where like Tyree Wilson is Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett so that's going to be the interesting conversation mm-hmm. right and then if we let's say they did take him at number let's say Houston did take Strata too 
Then, to me, it become, can become a coin flip at three between Arizona and Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson. Yeah. And then, as I said all along, who's ever left over from those two is who Seattle takes, over, takes at five. That's the way I see it playing out, right? Again, I'm not trying to be a hater on Will Anderson. I'm trying to be a totally legit, like logical NFL evaluator. And I, I don't. I've got enough people, like I told you last week, when I let up there. The, the, there's enough people in the league that see it my way. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he's going in the top five. But I know I've been wrong before. Yeah, only takes one. It no, only takes to, one. To fall in That's love. right. I don't think there's the going to be that one there this year. Um, and, and a lot of chatter, too, with the Arizona Cardinals perhaps trading out of that three spot overall uh, yeah, trading sure. down. Well, so they got a lot of holes on their too. roster. So that, see that, that, too, and that still makes get, sense. Still right. get a good defensive player. Right. Uh, the action never stops at BetMGM. I didn't know if you knew that, Chris. Sign I, up now. I didn't know that. Using the bonus code SIMS, your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. So say you bet $100 on Jalen Carter to be the first defender drafted. If you win, you get $500. But if you lose, you'll still get $100 worth of free bets, Amin. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Way to go. Your coffee started to come It did start to come up there a little little, little burp there. Thank you for noticing. Thanks for calling me out on that one. (laughs) Okay, I like that. Well, I just want you to make sure that if MGM wants us to do it again, we can do it again on Wednesday. Yeah, if they like that one. Right, right. Now that we've called attention to it and talked about BetMGM even more, maybe they'll like that. Well, one last thing to address. Of course. Of course, with our man Jalen Carter here. Because I see the the question by Bryce Anderson. Oh, okay. Right? And I would like to address that because I do think that's the one maybe question on the guy. All right. I, I went by it because you say you watch the tape and you don't have many concerns, but maybe there are still people who do have these concerns. So Bryce Anderson asked you, I've heard people say that Jalen Carter takes plays off. What's your concern level? Yeah, it, it's not. So it's, but it's just, I know this is a question that's kind of out there right now. And, yeah, there's some plays you could see that. But the NFL's different. They manage D linemen different. They don't ever just go like, oh, play 35 plays in a row or 30, you know. The best are playing 50%, 60%. Yes, like exactly. So there there will not be these extended periods of time where he's on the field like he is at college all the time, right? So that's where it'll change. Uh, he'll, he'll, they'll, they'll use him just to the right amount to where they feel like, okay, that game killed him, but we didn't have him out there killing him to where he was hurting our football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, this, this is a conversation that goes on with these type of guys almost always because you're always going to find, yeah, he's pedal to the metal every play. And a lot of teams don't huddle or they stay at the line of scrimmage in college and they do all that. Or, yeah, you can end up sitting on the field for, you know, 15 plays in a row. And by play 12 or 13 for a guy like this, yes, he's tired. Right, the NFL—they're going to find a way to sub you, get you in, get it out of the game, whatever it may be. It's—it's it's different that way. A slam dunk number one defensive tackle in the eyes of Chris Sims, one of the best he has ever scouted on tape. Jalen yep. Carter, number one in his own tier, in his own tier, and also in his own tier is your number two defensive yeah. tackle. So just one man in tier two, and that man is—that is Kalijah Cansey from Pittsburgh. 
Right. My number two DT. And really, I think like he's the closest thing that you're ever going to see. And I'm not saying he can be this, but it's the closest thing you can see at a college of, of Aaron Donald that I've seen since he's coming out. So their body types are almost it's, it's crazy. Identical. Yeah. I think we have something, Christian, a little later down here. So the 40 the yard dash was a four, six, seven, which was a combine record for a defensive tackle, by the way. I mean, he's only 282. I mean, no big deal. It was a, a hundredth <laughs> of a second faster than Aaron Donald also went to Pitt, and so it's like they go to the same college. Their builds are almost identical. Uh, they have some of the same deficiencies with size and maybe arm length, but right. it hasn't hurt Aaron Donald, and no. I guess you don't think it's going to hurt Cansey as well. No, I don't. You know, is he perfect? No. Is he going to lose in some double teams? Sure. Right. So does Aaron Donald. Guess what? We don't talk about it because he just he's going to the Hall of Fame in four seconds now whenever he wants. He's the man, right? I mean, this is the closest thing I've seen to it. It's the body. I mean, he's rocked up first off. I mean, rocked up. It's a specimen body. You know, it goes into my own phrase of, you know, like I, I think if you try to stick a knife in him, the knife's going to break. Like, you're just, it's not going to win, right? I mean, crazy explosive. I mean, you know, not only like explosive straight away, but like just twitchiness, like coming off the ball and shaking, you know, using his hands, trying to shake the guard. I mean, it's, it's like, Again, like you see Aaron Donald do the footwork drills of the ladder and all that. It's very similar. It's it's kind of scary how it looks like him. The movements, I watch him and go, there's no way he hasn't worked with Aaron Donald a little bit. Hmm. That's that's what I one of the things that came away. There's no way Aaron Donald didn't teach him that spin move right there. There's no way. It looks exactly like him. I mean, it's the same type of movement. But, I mean, strong like is an understatement. I mean, strong? This is the Incredible Hulk. I mean, incredibly strong. I mean, it's like crazy fucking strong. And it's pedal to the metal every play. He's like a psycho. It's Tasmanian devil stuff. Great hands, gets off blocks, you know, upper body strength off the charts, ability to take double teams much better than I expected. It's not perfect. I know. That's the big question, right? He's 282. Can he take on double teams? Well, this guy can. With that body and this strength, he can. You know, And it's never going to be perfect. That's never going to be his bread and butter. Yeah. But it's not bad. But in some of the highlights, the quickness that he has, he can get his body in certain positions to get around the double team. Or get, get around past it or split it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Split or kind of just, ah, and it's kind of ugly, but they don't move him or whatever. Exactly right. He does a lot of that. Let alone when people do get him clean. I, there was plenty of plays where I went away and went, damn, he did okay on that one. Oh, damn, there's another one he did okay on. Okay, okay. You know, I was afraid it was going to be like amazing play, amazing play, and then, oh, crap, he got knocked eight yards down the field. Amazing play. Oh, got knocked ten yards down the field. That's what I was like kind of expecting. It was nowhere near that. You know, great lower body strength. Again, the awkward positioning, I'm big into that. I think it's some of the busts we talked about earlier. Mm. I wish I would have brought this up. Is a stiffness aspect, right? The game's never going to be perfect to where you're right here. Yeah, good luck. What? Yeah, it's going to be right there when Frank Ragno hits you, and and you know who's another guard on your team? Uh, you know, Vitai. Yeah. Yeah. They hit you. Like you think you're going to be just standing there in some perfect position? No, your body's going to be fucking contorted in some weird position. How are you going to respond to that? That's where him and Jordan Day. I mean Jordan Davis. Him and Jalen Court Carter mm-hmm. were phenomenal. He could be in a position where you're like, oh my gosh, he's bent over his knee, his head is by his left knee, his right arm's locked out, and he's about to go down, and he comes up on top in the phone booth fight and ends up 
putting the the guard on their butt. It's a lot of balance. It's probably a lot of core strength. It's, uh, of too. course it is. So, but there are concerns though. What right? yeah. the size and the Aaron Donald? Like, yeah. What if he's the next Aaron Donald? But what if he's the next other undersized defensive tackle yeah. that hasn't panned out like I Aaron Donald? MMA born sender says to you as a Chargers fan who's got PTSD from years of Jerry Tillery and other small pass rushing uh, interior defensive linemen. Why is Cansey any different? Guy gets blown off the line in the run game. I, I don't say that. I, w- I would not say blown off the line. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that's, I think, a little strong there. I don't think it's anywhere near that. And, and I don't think, you know, again, to a man there, yeah, it's not perfect, but nobody's talking about a guy in the top 25 of the draft. He's just getting blown off the line in the run game, right? It's not perfect. Don't be – this is not Jerry Tillery. This is a different guy. It really is. Tillery, yeah, he was a – Really, you know, a big, tall, linear, athletic guy that people were going, okay, he might be like something here as an interior pass rusher. He's got to work on run game stuff and all that, and it didn't work out, you know. But this is not that guy. This is a different player. This is a much better complete football player than a Jerry Tillery, right? Now, what you have to decide if you're like with the Chargers and and that question there is – now, again, he usually likes bigger people who can do two-gapping stuff. You don't want this guy to two-gap. That's not what he's made to do. Now, you know, he did coach Aaron Donald, Brandon Staley, when he was with the Rams as a D coordinator, so he knows how to make that work, of course, right? Um, but, yeah, don't, 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 be, don't get the 281 and the 12 plays during the year where he lost on a double team detract you from – the thousand awesome plays and the thousand really good plays and you know the eight hundred you know oh stalemate plays right that's the biggest thing balance incredible bend is awesome can overpower you can make you miss you know can he's people are so worried about his violence and his hands right he gets them to brace or lean when they see the hands coming and then he throws them to the ground, right? So he's amazing at punching and they brace the, oh, I'm going to lock my body in here and they lean forward as they do it and he goes, oh, I feel you leaning forward so I'm going to keep you going forward, throws you to the ground. He's great at that. Amazing lateral quicks, right? You know, can make a guard look like a fool. He can play strong side defense end, right? He's that athletic. So he's definitely available of that. That was a question from Jolly right. Drew Boy. He goes, right. do you think it makes sense for Cansey to drop a little weight and move to edge? No, no. I, I, I think it's, it's the, you know, he's gotten some value there, but he doesn't have enough length. Yeah. Right? Six one. Yep. I don't know if his first step covers enough ground. And where guys like this being on the inside, it's their ability to get on you so quickly that gives them their value as an interior guy. And working tight. Turks tight quarters because he's explosive. He's a phone booth fighter. He's extremely quick and explosive in all those areas. But here, like explain, like maybe this explains it better. Like where, see, at a and when you're at guard and you have to defend him, you have to be like, like I gotta get my base ready because he could go left or right. Or he might punch me and get right up on me. So, so he can use all those tools against each other to make that work. Some of those tools get left at at defense end when you're going against a tackle. Now yeah. it's more of a space game. He's not so much worried about being bull rushed, right, right off the line of scrimmage. So now he can kind of sit in there ready for the anchor, right? You know, he's usually, you know, a big, long guy where, okay, okay, I can protect the inside because if you try to go to the outside, I'll be able to push you by. It takes away some of the things he does really well, but there's still value there. It's fun to watch on, on tape yeah. and the highlight reel. We'll give the last word to at Skull Squatch, who's probably just Mike Florio that's 
Got an alias out there. He goes, I see a lot of people devaluing Cansey because he gives up ground of the run game when double teamed. I think they're underestimating the value of quick interior disruption. Exactly. He seems like he's going to wreck a lot of plays in the that, NFL. That's that's the point. Don't don't get Florio's you know, burner agrees with you. <laughs> yeah, don't get too again, like we said, it's not going to be perfect in that area. But it doesn't matter. You know, there there's there's uh that's going to be some of the give and the take of the relationship there and just like it's always been with Aaron Donald. I mean, there was a time, remember when people were trying to say a few years ago like, "Hey, Aaron Donald's not as good against the run as everybody thinks." Like no shit. Yeah. I mean, he's 285. Some people move him around. Or, you know, he's 285 and like we talked about, he can shoot a gap that maybe he's not supposed to shoot the gap or he gets through the gap so cleanly that it makes the hole bigger behind him, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? To where now if you don't make the tackle on the, the running back right away, oh, shit, we have this area gone because you busted through so quickly, right? Those are some of the negatives about the greatness of Aaron Donald, which you're just going to live with. So last thing on Kansi, yeah. he goes maybe middle, end of the first round in your eyes, but definitely, as you just mentioned there, to a team that values what he can do and, and has a defense designed to accommodate a player like him. exactly right and you know let me let me um let me let me pull up the draft order but yeah at the at the end of the day i ended up writing that he was 10 to 25 <laughs> that's what I, I i put him down and yes it's going to be a true four three team that wants this guy as a football player you know whether it's the houston texans maybe you know the new york jets are one of those teams that's true four three you know i'm going from 10 on here all right. Um, I don't think, you know, New England's not going to like him. The commanders, of course, have D tackles growing out of their ears. The Packers, I don't think that's going to be a thing for them either, even though I'm not going to hold that out. That could be a possibility, right? And then you get into your, you know, your Lions at 18. Could they want him? You know, they generally want bigger people too. But right. again, this is a guy that's so talented. Uh, that you know, you're you're gonna deal with like okay he's not the perfect system fit that way, but they they all can make sense to me. And then again we get into the Chargers at 21 and that conversation there, and we can start it all over. But those are some of the teams that certainly run a true four three that you know it would fit him and his. I love my cat Tiger, and as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. <laughs> right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Skill set. 
a first-round talent in Kalijah Kansi, yeah. as well as our number one guy in Carter. Now we move on to another tier. Yeah. Tier number three. We've got a couple players in this tier, so just a notch below those first two guys you've talked about. But your number three defensive tackle is? Brian Brzee from Clemson, right? And, uh, hey, Brzee is, first off, six five and a half, three hundred pounds, right? He's got a great look about him. He's athletic looking. He's got high cut waists, like as far as long legs, right? You know, the arms aren't quite as long as you would want. But again, another like this is a special athlete. You know, I know you watched a few of the highlights. I don't even think we even you didn't even tell me what you think about this guy. You will in a second, but like he again the Three hundred pounds to move the way this guy moves again. There's just not that many people on the planet that can do that. I mean, his ability to go side to side is amazing, right? He's twitchy and quick. It jumps off the screen right away, right? He has very good get off. He's got great change of direction and lateral quickness, you know, to shoot up a gap or or, or to shoot in a gap that he's not lined up into and get over there at the snap of the ball, right? You know, makes blockers miss in the run game and the pass game. He's really good with those side-to-side movements. Again, has the bendable, flexible fluidity as an athlete, not just some big weight room guy that, hey, I bench press 700 pounds, right? Okay, yeah, but you can't tie your shoe, so who gives a shit, right? He, he looks like he could do a split. I mean, he's just so limber that way. And, again, I think there's flexibility in what he got. You know, when I saw his measurables, I went – I don't know if he can two-gap. You don't really want him to two-gap on a consistent basis, but he can do it, and he was asked to do it a lot at Clemson. So you get to see him do that. you know. And, again, you see here if you're watching the YouTube page, you know, it's a pretty good mover, and it's a guy that holds 300 pounds, and you don't even think it's 300 pounds with the way he looks. He, he, exactly, and he's athletic, and he can move around. I was surprised when he was you know, listed at 6'5", almost 300, because right? he moves smoother than it's that. He does look smooth. like a big guy out there. He's, yeah. He dwarfs some of the uh, the guys he's going up against, but almost when you see him run, and you, may, you see it a little bit here, but you see it with pads on. Like At times, I'm like, man, he moves around kind of like a – like an older guy is a little overweight with arms flying. It's a little it is, awkward. A little, it is. Like, it is. His his legs stay wide and like ba- he got always oh, got a base underneath him. But it's one of those where if he's coming for you, you're scared for your life because yes. you're like this guy is making up serious ground on me and he's going to be on on top of me very quickly. He was the number one recruit out of high school, yeah. so he's come right. with uh, with a lot of praise. Three year starter at Clemson, but he didn't play a whole lot. He had a ton of injuries. I think he had a shoulder injury at one time. Yes, an ACL injury, a kidney infection. Ooh. Um, he missed some time after his sister passed away from brain cancer, and so his college career has been stop-start. And so you really haven't seen that consistent, you know, a bunch of games in a row. But but when he's been out there, he's he's been good. And, and he's where you have him is where a lot of people have him. He yeah, is the his, top one of the top defensive tackles. Yeah, he's he's a first-round talent. Is he a top ten or fifteen pick? No, but I think at the base where you just go, wait, the guy's got position versatility. He's that big and he moves that easily. Sometimes it's just got to be that e- that that simple. They don't have to make it more complicated. There just ain't. Again, in a draft where we talk about, there's not a lot of blue chip and blue chip athletes and and you know people that project to be something special. He's a guy where you can go, oh damn, no, there's some things he can do here that are special that way, you know. And you know, again, I think we're a little with him as you know production. I hear those type of comments and all that, and I gotta go. Well, you gotta you gotta watch because there's some games where he's not asked to produce. Hmm. He's asked just to hold the ground. Be the two-gapper. Do all of that, right? So, and, 
you know, again, I was really impressed with his ability to get off blocks and disengage. Uh, I said I'm not sure he's a two-gapper in the NFL on a consistent basis, but he can do it. I think he's an awesome three technique when it's really all said and done. Right, he's a three technique plus. He can do shade nose if you want, but you don't want him to live there. You know, he could do some five tech, but you don't want him to live there because he's not quite long enough to match up and wrestle with tackles in the NFL like that, right? Yeah. But he could do it. So that's you love that. And then like there's real there's real, you know, um value in his pass rushing again. And you know, again too, the other thing you you know these big guys, you gotta look at them that way. You look at a lot of the top people sacking quarterbacks in football right now there's a lot more d tackles in that conversation than people would realize right there's a lot of them right now in the nfl where you go oh top 20 sack artists whoa d tackle d tackle whoa there's a lot of d tackles in there he's got that ability too so uh yeah i i, I like him a lot as you you can tell yeah but you yeah. know who's throwing some cold water on yeah him? go ahead let me PFF. hear ff yeah they're throwing some normally we do that that's okay. what we do right? he's not he doesn't they're go without on our territory <laughs> how dare they uh they say quote uh, Brazil's tape is like a broken record. He throws hands, uh, both hands into the lineman across from him and sits there waiting for something to happen. Because so he's, he's not doing much what? What does that sound like he's doing? To explain what you just read, see? That's what he's supposed to do. He was asked to Gunk be two gap. Yeah. Right? Read yes. that quote again one more time. He uh, throws both hands into the lineman across from him and sits there waiting for something to happen. That's exactly, yeah. Ex- Maybe that's what, exactly what the coach that's said. exactly <laughs> what he's being coached. See, that's where you got to be careful with this position. You can't yeah. always go production disruption. You know, there's been some misevaluated guys at this position because of that aspect and because of, like, what we're talking about. Again, he's good enough to where they go, yeah, we know this isn't the best for you, but we got to beat this team this week, and their quarterback runs, and we need an extra guy to help on this. So you take two gaps because you're that good. And it's not the best for your PFF grade or some of the people that are going to evaluate it, but we're, damn, we're Clemson. We got to win the game this week, right? Yeah. So that's what happens to some of these guys. The freaky guys get asked to do a lot of things where they go, this is not, they're the freak. So they're getting asked to do the hardest thing uh, on the defense a lot of the times, right? And that's what he was being asked to do. He's not going to be asked to do that on a consistent basis in the NFL. You know, he's going to be a force as an interior pass rusher, right? Yeah, he's not going to be run-stopping all the time, just plug, you know, mosh pit, nobody can move me, right? And there are some games of like, hey, the Notre Dame game, that concerned me a little bit. Notre Dame had a good right guard, I don't know, 75. I don't know what the hell his name is. But he was quick off the ball so he could match his quickness. He got his hands on Brzee, and Brzee had his least disruptive game of any game he had. Hmm. You know, I've heard about the Tennessee game, right? Tennessee game. Oh, he didn't do very good in Tennessee. Well, they played defense end during the game. He's not a defense end. But you know why they played him there? Because he's the best player in the defense. And they said, you know, we got to put you here because we need you to st- – yeah, we're going to play three linemen and we need you to two-gap against Darnell Wright and, you know, stop a quarterback that can run and then we need you to pass rush. He's not made to be that guy. Yeah. Just like we talked about with Kalijah Kansi, his beauty is being in those clo- – like you said, short area quickness, the way he moves, you know, to get off the ball to, oh, wait, i got to worry about his power. Oh, no, no, he beat me with his quicks. Oh, i got to worry about his quicks. Oh, boom, he hit me in the chest and got me with his power. He needs that advantage. That's part of what he is as a 303-pound human being, not an off-the-edge, yeah. I'm going to just go by you with pure speed against the best tackle in football. 
come on, don't everybody go crazy about this stuff sometimes? I, I mean, that's really interesting, though, and, and that's something that you've touched on the last couple times we've done this is that you can kind of identify when teams put their guys in tough spots and, it, it, and give them difficult assignments, and they may not to. look good. And, yes. And, as opposed to maybe like a guy like Will Anderson who had some stunts where he comes free and unblocked, and, you know, it's just – it's what, that's, what the that's coach what I'm trying to say. Do. Those are yeah. the things I try to point out to people. Again, yeah. I'm not. I don't know. I know I'm not always right. I get that. But those are the things that I think we all have to take into account sometimes. That I think it's lost in the shuffle a little bit with just the stats or the production or all that. And sure. There's there's more to it than that. Let's stay in tier three. Let's go to your number four defensive tackle. Let's go to the Big Ten for this. Whoa. Let's go to let's go to Michigan. Oh, why don't we? I'm just going to put you right there. I'm going to force blue. you to do this, even if you didn't plan on doing maize this. Maize and blue, yeah, maize and blue, yeah. And it is Ma- Mozzie, right? Yes, yeah, it's Mozzie Smith, Mozzie and Maze, Mozzie the Smith in Maze, <laughs> looking yeah. good. The big dancing bear of the draft, right here. This is who this guy is, man. I mean. You know, I know I just talked about that last guy and just said, you know, there's not a lot of people like that. Like, there ain't a lot of people like this. Now, this is like your prototypical shade nose or or no, nose tackle, the zero technique that we talked about, right? 6'3", 323 pounds. Yep, 33 and three quarters arms, right? You like it to be a little longer, right, to two-gap, to be that guy to go, oh, center – I'm going to throw you wherever you want. But, I mean, my first sentence was just a big fucking man child. (laughs) I mean, what? He's just one of the, you just go, he's just a big person everywhere. You know, big time, big body, traditional defensive tackle look. Christian Wilkins-ish, right? That's what I wrote. Chris Jones-ish. It's that kind of guy. I wrote, I do wish his legs were thicker. And then, you know, as soon as you start watching games, you just go, man, all right, he's an incredible athlete. I mean, he's incredible. For his size to move the way he does, you know, it's Vita Vea-ish the way he moves and stuff that way. I mean, he can really run. He's got really good quicks. His change of direction is very good. He's got the pliability and looseness to his body that we talk about, right, to be in some awkward positions and still, you know, be fine and be athletic. So he's good with all that. He's slippery, you know. He can kind of get off box, bounce off box, right, does all that. It's funny you mentioned that because that yeah. was the one thing that stuck out with this yeah. highlight tape is slippery, that word. And you wouldn't think a 325-pound guy. Exactly right. But, but he can get separation from offensive linemen in multiple different ways. Yes, he can. He can, like, hit him with his arms and get off. Or sometimes he just, like, it's like the body and he just bounces off somehow, some way, and just kind of does it that way. But, yeah, he's an athlete. I mean, he could shoot the gap. And like what we just talked about a minute ago, kind of get skinny or, you know, kind of being double teamed but somehow kind of slide off of it. And then he's not being blocked and he's pursuing the football. You know, he's very good that way. Um, You know, can take on blocks and extend arms and continue to shuffle down the line of scrimmage to stay in gap and follow the ball carrier. That was a big thing for me. Hmm. You know, because, too, a lot of the times – Hey, say you're playing that gap between the guard and the center, right? And now you got a team. You're playing Shanahan. It's the zone scheme, right? They're trying to run the outside zone, and they're trying to make those gaps, you know, those defense ends. They're going to block them, and they got to kind of run at the same time to stay in their, in their gap. He is capable of, like, 
Oh, you're blocking me? Okay, my hands are on you, but you're not really blocking me. I'm running where I want to run, and you just think you're blocking me. And he stays right where he needs to stay. So, no, oh, now the running back thinks, oh, wait, I see a little cutback lane. I'm going to cut there. Oh, no, no, Mozzie was there. He's there to make the tackle. He, he, was, he stayed in his gap throughout, you know, being athletic, side-shuffling down the line of scrimmage. Very good like that. You know, now, while shocked by the athleticism, and the dancing bear for his size. Mm-hmm. I am surprised that he doesn't overpower people more. You know, him, watching him just come off the ball and dominate people and push them backwards. The three guys we had before this had more of that on their tape, I, especially the top two, right? So that was a little confusing to me where I just want to go, hey, you're too good to not dominate a little bit more. And then I told you this before we even started a little bit, too, because I was just like, oh, man, I like it. And I was, we were talking about him. You know, he, he's not as stout in the run game as you would expect. Hmm. He was like, he does get blocked and moved a little more than you would expect the 323-pound guy. You know, to the point where I was more concerned about him being moved as than I was Kalijah Kansi, you know. Just because I'm going, wait, no, this is what you're going to have to do in the end. You, you have another avenue, Kalijah can't see, to, to win. Like, more times than not, you're going to be dealing with these scenarios. So that was like a little thing that bothered me. I told you before we started the show, I just said, yeah, he's not a stout. He gets moved in the run game. And there was a few too many plays where I was like, he was just too content being blocked. Where I was like, come on, get pissed off. Like, don't get blocked like that. You're too good to be blocked like that. Yeah. You know, so that those were the things that, you know, disappointed me. The double teams and even some one-on-ones where I just went, you're, you're too good, you're too talented, you're too good of an athlete, you need to show more aggression that way. And I think that's, at, at the end, I just wrote that. I wrote, I wish he was more dominant. You know, when I saw his size and, and athletic, athleticism, I was really excited, but you know, doesn't play with the same fire and aggression as some of the other top DTs. Doesn't sell out like I wish. Doesn't get pissed. Mm. A hair too content being blocked at times. Love the athlete. Have some power concerns. Bottom line is not many of this people who are this athletic walking around planet Earth. He will be overdrafted because of that. And I wrote down 20 to 35 okay right so he's he's a grand rapids guy and we yeah. are more laid back in michigan you know me just for me it's just like we're just that's we're just chill okay it takes hey, us a lot up, to chill, get man? super cool. fired up so yeah maybe some concerns out there and there was it's not a huge concern it's just it's got to be better yeah yeah and can it get better yeah you know with that fire um exactly we, we do have there is an arrest with him too and we don't really get into this but just something that could be talked about with sure. him as we get closer to the draft uh, last october he was stopped by police for speeding arrested for possessing a concealed weapon without a valid carry license pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor was sentenced to probation there so that's just something that people could talk about with with mozzie smith that's not going to hurt him though i mean as long as he handles things the right way and says the right things there that shouldn't i don't think that's going to make him fall but back to the uh the specimen that he is yeah uh, we got to show you this because uh, Michigan has this thing, and Pete was telling me about this before we started, called a combo twist machine, measures a player's rotational strength. And then Smith, he maxed it out at 600 pounds. They had to have the manufacturer extend the machine to accommodate 800 pounds. And so he does this combo oh my twist. Gosh. He does jumping on these stairs. Where I, I think this is the combo twist machine well, th- right this here. This is what I mean. This is where you, know, you talk about that flexibility and the ability to be in those awkward positions, right? That's what this machine would do. Yeah. Right? Now, 
He he can jump and run and do all that. I will say his legs and butt are not as big as you see for a guy that's 323 always. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, this is where he's – there's an incredibly high ceiling here, you know. Again, I just – I mentioned a guy that I think the world of, Vita Vea. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Vita Vea is healthy and hitting on all cylinders, is as good as it gets. You know, that's what he can be. But – you know, there's a little bit of a lower floor with this guy because there is some of the things that you heard me talk about, and you know, uh, it, it's pretty apparent when you watch watch it on film at times. Thirty four bench reps at the combine, with the most at this year's combine. Yeah. So upper body strength he's got, and he was uh, Bruce Feldman from the Athletic covers college football. He was the number one on his top one hundred freaks list, and so yeah. a lot of things going for for Mozzie Smith, including being in the top five. Of the Chris Sims rankings. The best thing he's got going for him. Being in tier three. But he's just a freak. With he deserves that that word next to his name. I can say that much. We got one more player to go here. Okay. This is tier four. We don't often go down to tier no, four I know. in your top five. You're but right. this is tier four. Uh, and we're, we're going to wait to say his name. We're actually going to let him say his name. <laughs> other people try to say his name. You chicken shit. Uh, yeah, I don't want to even. I don't want to be the first to attempt this. And so this is a, a local news report on your number five defensive tackle uh, when he was uh, in high school and he set the shot put state record. So let's take a listen to this. His name is unforgettable. Adetomiwal Adabara. Definitely hard to say. I think I said Toomey, so it's more of an Adetomiwal boo or something like that. So I butchered it very bad the first time. Everywhere he competes. Any track meet, any away football game we've had. I think it's always funny when people don't complete it. They'll be like, they they just stop. They They don't complete it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, those are people that know him really well. That's his coach talking about, I don't know. His, I don't know. I don't know his name. I don't think player. I called him something like this. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so there's a lot of pressure. He definitely n- got a nickname. He will not be called by his name. Tommy. Right? I mean, Tommy. or I'm just, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure double A, AA, whatever. I mean, uh, this Maybe is, not AA. Yeah. He seems yeah. to already be taken. <laughs> uh-huh. Alcoholics Anonymous. Hello. <laughs> Your number five defensive tackle is? Adetamewa Adurbara. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to work on that. I'm sorry. No disrespect there. Adetamewa Adabara. 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 Yes. And, you know, again, here's another guy. I mean, Northwestern, by the way. Northwestern, you know. excuse me, specimen. Where's 99 like Aaron Donald? This is the lesser version of Kalijah Kansi. Okay. That's what he is. He's very similar that way. Lined up at edge a lot. Lines up at career. edge a lot, right? A lot more than than Kalijah Kansas. Doesn't hey, we're talking about a rocked up, freaky guy, but a little different way in that okay, I know the measurables and you go, Oh, it looks like it's the same human almost. But they're built a little differently where, you know, Kalijah Kansi has a little bit more of a thigh and a butt and maybe a, a narrow waist where this guy is a little more streamlined, if that makes sense. It's all kind of just one level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a little bit more of a sniff, stiffness to his play, mm-hmm. which you would almost expect with that body type compared to the other guy where we said, like, yeah, there's some hips and a stomach there and, you know, a butt or whatever else. Now, again, uh, right away, it's, it's the twitch and explosion that jumps off. Okay, I mean, it's it's like one of those where you're like, whoa, oh, wait, who's that guy that just got off the ball? And, you know, even like pursuing to make a tackle in the front seven, you're like, whoa, he can really run that guy. And that was only like five steps he took. So those things like jump off right away. Now, he is a little bit stiffer, as I talked about, and a straight liner that way. But when you talk about the athlete overall, quick feet, you know, incredibly quick feet, the shuffle, redirect, whatever, as a pass rusher. Um, 
can do the power stuff that I love inside, you know, a phone booth there. You know, looks to have real power to, like, get off the ball and drive guards back. He can get off the ball so quickly that he gets underneath guys' pads at such a violent, aggressive way that he stuns them. And he's got great power because of that, because of his ability to, to blow off the ball that way. So, you know, he is uh, incredible strength in the upper body, right? Powerful hands, right? And then... it. it like he can dominate bigger people and bigger linemen. I mean, it's shocking. You know, there's so many plays where you go and go, "Ooh, this guy's got him here," and he comes out on top, or it looks like it's a fair, even collision at the line of scrimmage, and he pushes the guy back and wins the battle that way. Um, you know, here's a a guy that, yeah, D tackle three technique. Uh, Maybe crash end too. He was a little in between for me. I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. right? There was a part of me that was like, I don't know. You know, I'm going to put him a D tackle. I think that's what he is. I don't know if he'll be there all game long, every game, all the time, right? He's not your traditional guy in that standpoint. There are some other traditional guys that we're going to talk about in honorable mentions that I go, he's a for sure D tackle. And should I just go with a for sure D tackle, you know, for the sake of our D tackle rankings here? But I think ultimately this is where this guy's going to be, you know? But I do think out of all the guys we talked about, this is the first guy where there's a little bit more of an edge versatility element to the guy. But the specimen and the elite traits we talked about, like none of the honorable mentions have the, this, have what this guy is. And that's what ultimately I said, you know what, I'm going to put him back in my top five because he's going to be a D-tackle more than a DN. He was a combine star, right. so his octagon will show that here. And PFF says, quote, his first step is a blur, one of the most explosive defensive tackles you will ever see. And I think he is the fastest player ever to record a 40-time, or the the heaviest player ever to record a 40-time over under 4-5, as I think it was at the, at the Combine. He's just one of the fastest, biggest dudes out there. And, yes, his octagon shows that height, fourth percentile. But everything else is above 50%, and the broad jump and the 40 are in the 90th percentile. Hand size, 90th percentile. So, yeah, he was, he was a Combine star. He was really the talk of day one, I think, yeah, at the Combine. Yeah, he was. It was the first there. day. I was like, who the hell is this kid? And, oh, my gosh, look at the way he's built and his body and all of that. Yeah, did we show? Have we seen his uh, pro day yet? Just to He's a three a technique all the way, Yeah, I think, when we talk about it. Okay, I mean, that's really what he is. You can see there, right? It's like... Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a good looking body. It's not as thick in the thigh and butt and thip, uh, hip area maybe that I would like for that position, right? And even with some of that, you could see some of his stiffness, right? That's he's got a little stiffness to his game, but it's you know it it's 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 great get off, great hands, great strength, great speed. Right, all of those you got to go. Okay, that overtakes some of the things that I'm a little worried about here, right? And you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's he's 282. He ran 449. That's a tenth and a a tenth and a hundredth faster than the guy that everybody's telling me was going to be the first pick of the draft, and Willie Anderson, mm. right? It's it's the same ten as Willie Anderson, right? Uh, that that that's uh, I mean, th- those are just things that I couldn't not look at and in a game of again versatility and disruption right now and the way things are going you know yeah he's not perfect versus the run his double teams are going to move him 
from time to time. There's no doubt about it. But his game's going to be about explosion, disruption, shoot gaps, fire off the ball, getting underneath, getting underneath pads, right? Drive guys back that way, all right? Uh, contact balance is good. It's not great because, again, he's a little stiff that way. But in all in all, you know, I think this is a guy that goes somewhere between 40 and 60. I don't, you know, he's not okay. a first-round pick. Uh, he goes somewhere in those first 10 to 12 picks of the second round. I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does, because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. <laughs> right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. And just like that, that concludes the Chris Sims Top 5 Defensive Tackle Rankings for 2023. Take another look here. We have more blue and purple than we've had in the past. Whoa, but still, as always, we're getting there. As always, red and orange. Red is dominating. It's a staple. Yeah. It's a staple <laughs> this year. <laughs> it has to be. The red Along teams. with your red pants, uh, yeah, we red. have to do that. That's why I, that's, I anticipated there being a shortage of red, so I needed to wear my, <laughs> my pants here today. So there is the top five. Um, quickly, we'll get into some of the Robin Hoods, and then we also do have some breaking news, Ooh, too. Is that don't, right? Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Damn, really? Don't look at it? Really? Don't yeah, look at it? Yeah, don't look at it yet. Damn, it's killing me. Um, so here is uh, honorable <laughs> mention. Let's take a look at those with also a comment from your boy El Ray. Okay. Our what famous up, homie here. Uh, Chris believes that having bigger defensive tackles is a winning formula in the NFL, but why don't more teams take that approach? Are they... Uh, are there any F up the play guys my Niners can take at the end of the third? So we'll get into some of these Robin Hood guys. Yeah. But you do have a couple undersized. We just talked about one, defensive tackles. And on this podcast, a lot of times you say, yeah, this team has a lot of the athletic guys, but they don't have that big you yeah. know, dude right. down low that right. can really stop the run game. Right. Um, so I guess ultimately you need maybe a mix of some exactly. of these guys. Is, right. that, is that what you're saying here? You need a mix, right? And then I think with this class right here and the group we're talking about, just some of those guys are a little more elite than some of the bigger guys that I usually tend to like, right? This you're not year. just going to take a big guy because he's I'm not big. just going to do that just because I go, oh, I like big guys and his butt's three centimeters bigger and even though the play is 70 plays worse because his butt's bigger, I'll take him. Yeah. Right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to evaluate the play on the football field. And, uh, yeah, here's some names. And, and if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind getting through all of them just real quick with sure. at least a line or sentence. Sure. Right? Keanu Benton, Wisconsin. Okay. That, this is your traditional, like, five technique, really. This is three, four teams are going to like this guy right here. Here's your, you know, again, I'm not saying he's this type of player. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Uh, you know, a Calais Campbell, right, five technique. Could also do some three technique, can also do some shade nose, but you know, he's extremely good at playing the run. He's extremely good at holding up blockers and disengaging them, right? So that's where he's good. It's not going to be sexy and disruption. It's going to be man child, hold your ground over people in the run game, power rush, that kind of stuff, right? I think he's a guy that goes probably like mid to late second round. Yeah, a Big Ten Wisconsin football Exa- player. Exactly, just as you expect there. That, was, exactly that would right. be the stereotype that uh, is in my head, and now it is further confirmed. <laughs> How about Zach Pickens from South Carolina? Two seasons 
the name Zach. I've never uh, seen that uh, before. I know, right? It got me, too, when I wrote it down. Zach Pickens now, he is a, another a, – a, he's a lesser version of the guy I just talked about, basically. He's very similar in that. This is another big, true defensive tackle, right, where you could go, hey, play nose tackle. You know, he could do that. Ultimately, five technique, right, head up. Three te- head up on the guard, ask him the two gap that side. He's going to be another guy that big teams are going to like more than the small teams. Mm. But he's incredibly long arms, right? And he is pretty good laterally, like as far as quicks, right? It's it's not like uh, special that way. He's not going to make a living winning that way, as far as that's concerned. But one on one two gapping, man, he gets his long arms locked out, and it's over. Right. So that's where he's really special, you know, and uh, like I said, the athlete, as I continued to watch, was a little bit better than I gave him credit for initially. He's a guy. Yeah. You know, again, the Patriots, the Ravens, those type of teams, they are going to like these last two players I just talked about. No surprise. You have a lot of SEC guys, a lot of talent in that uh, conference. Uh, Jaquayan. Roy, have we LSU. talked about a Big Twelve Jaquelin. guy? Yeah, I mean, have we talked about a Big Twelve guy <laughs> on the defense yet? Yeah, I mean, right. it's unbelievable. Um, you like one, of, you like one on the edge? I, you're right. You're right. I like him a lot. He was the best edge guy for sure. Jaquelin Roy, total three technique for a four-three team. Right, has some deficiencies in the run game, but like he is can can really get off blocks. You know, he plays a little smaller than his 305-pound frame would would show, but he has, like, incredible quickness and ability and just value, I thought, as an interior pass rush, right? That was the big thing that I really, really liked. Double teams were not bad for the type of player he, uh, player he is altogether, um, but I think it's really about the interior pass rush and the quickness that I like. He's a disruption chaos type of guy. He's a team that, yeah, the four three teams will like him and just go, hey, get through that gap, shoot through there, shoot through there, beat the guy in pass rush and, and move on. On NFL.com, they say the more you watch, the more you like the it's, way that it's, Roy it plays It is truly the, the truth. It is the truth. It was one of the things I wrote towards the end. Because you, know, you come out at first and you go, oh, he's a little stiff and he's not as great against the run as maybe you're expecting. Louis, you know, LSU, he's 305, right? So I think you have to like, oh, okay, wait, this, this is not what he is. But then you start to watch and you start to go, oh, he's a little better than the run than I gave him credit for. And, you know, he does have a pretty good anchor versus those double teams. Um, but he's got some work to do in some of that area. He's, he's, a, he's a speed chaos type of guy. How about Colby Wooden from Auburn? Yeah, Colby Wooden's interesting. He's, a, he's like a – I wrote 60 to 80, and he can play, he's got incredible strength. He's 273 pounds, right? He's, he's weird. But he can play three technique. You know, he can play outside linebacker or play crash in. He's going to be a little bit of everything there. There's a guy on the Giants, Jihad Ward, who started out his career as a defensive tackle, yeah. but did some five technique. And this last year for the Giants, he played outside linebacker at like 298 pounds, right? You know, this is a guy that can kind of do that type of stuff. He's not even as big as Jihad, Jihad Ward is. Uh, but I, I think I, I let, left him as a D tackle because, yeah, he lined up there m- mostly for Auburn. And I think he's got 
pretty damn good strength, but his his ability to rush the passer from the inside is going to be something teams are going to love. Yeah, the, uh, some places have him as the edge guy, but on yeah, he's NFL. a little bit between says He's most disruptive when attacking from the interior. Right. So they he think is. the same thing that it doesn't that look two seventy three. It looks bigger than that, and of course he plays a lot stronger than that. You have another Byron Young in your Robin Hood category right? here. I know the guy from Tennessee. Yeah, you liked. I know. And this is and the, the guy from Alabama. Another big guy from Alabama. Um, long arms again. And this is a, you know, again, a, a team that I think the three, four teams are going to like more than anything. But big, fluid, loose athlete. Very impressive for 293. I wish he was a little bit more explosive and stout in the run game. You know, but there's a, there's room for imp, impl, uh, improvement there. And there was some plays of like you went, oh, wait, that's the right way. He did it the right way there. Oh, okay, so it's in him. Now somebody's got to coach it out of him, but you didn't get to see it, you know, on a consistent basis. But another guy, again, where I think there's room to improve in the run game. Big teams are going to like him. He can do the two-gap stuff. And at the very least, when the teams watch the film and watch him, they're going to go, wait, this guy's going to be a pain in the ass rushing the passer on the inside. So he'll have value in that as he works on uh, getting better in the run game. And just to show how deep your research oh. goes, you went all the way to the MAC. Yeah, and you baby. went to Bowling Green, and you looked at Carl Brooks, and you liked what you saw. I got to talk about this guy, man. Carl Brooks is like, I mean, he plays outside linebacker at 305 pounds, right? Is that where he's listed? Because I'm having trouble finding him. I, I think he might be listed as an edge guy, maybe. Yeah. He might be listed as an edge guy, depending on where you're looking at. But, I mean, awesome body, great-looking athlete. If you didn't tell me he weighed 305, I would have said, wait, this is a 265 outside linebacker. What are we talking about? You know, he's not, like, rocked up when it comes into, like, you know, muscle definition and all that, right? But – it's very athletic looking still. And, you know, I wrote, holy shit, he's playing stand-up outside linebacker a lot of plays. You know, get off on the edge is real. You know, or at down lineman. Dude is, like, incredibly loose and fluid and makes blockers miss and gets skinny and get, makes a pulling guards coming to block him. And, yeah, he could take him on, but he could also juke him and then get behind him and make the tackle, you know, on the running back that way. You know, so that's where he's really, really good. You know, he can go speed to power on the inside and the outside. You know, can win, he wins on the inside with his quicks like I talked about, you know, and being slippery, and he, and he can shed blocks, right? He's really good at shedding blocks and getting off them. You know, there's only one thing. You know, he's he's all about disruption. I worry about him and his ability to handle NFL guards and the power run game stuff and all of that, right? So, you know, again, he's a guy. He's like he's kind of my, one of my man crushes, where I just okay. go, "Whoa, this is he's fun to watch." I just don't know if he's a. I don't know exactly what his position is going to be in the NFL. Defensive tackle value with some other things and just a, a football player who's going to help a team out next year. Well, once I can find someone on the Internet who knows who he is and did a scouting report on him, I will get back to you on if I agree or not because uh, I could not find that. Couldn't there. even find him, huh? I don't know. I, was, I looked at linebacker edge and defensive. I just want to yeah, give up. Give up. Just take my word for People it. People like Bowling Green, that's, I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> uh, good thing you did, though, because now we know about Carl Brooks. Yeah. And that is your defensive tackle. Robin Hoods. Time for the breaking news. Oh, I just saw it. You ready? Yeah, let's do, do it. We need the noise. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts have agreed to a five-year, $255 million extension, $100 million guaranteed at signing. 
So that means that uh, in the end-all, be-all of this, you know, you try to think of what's guaranteed, what's not. You know, he's probably going to play at least a couple of years here. So basically, 180 million guaranteed here. Yeah, it's 100 million guaranteed at signing with a practical of 180. Yeah, right. And and for all those out there, it's like, yeah, that last 80 million is not guaranteed, but it's like, oh, they're going to have to cut them after two years, and they're going to have a hundred million dollar dead cap hit on it. So, so not it's basically that. guaranteed, right? It's just not for if like his his career somehow ended, it's not guaranteed for that. But like it is, he's going to have to fall off Earth into Mars on spaceship Rocket X with Elon Musk for him not to see the 180 million. Makes him the highest paid player in NFL history. Of, but Matt Casey notes here, you know, you never know. It kind of BS. It's more of a headline than anything. But that's a lot of money. It that's is a 180 lot of million basically guaranteed for Jalen Hurts, a quarterback that if you go back and listen to this podcast the last five years, we're like, eventually he's going to be the highest paid player in the NFL. He said that. <laughs> I, think, I don't know funny. if it was 2019 or. Oh, I can tell you is there's so many teams in football that are happy that they're paying him this money. I can tell you that because they're like, now. Yeah, maybe they could break up that all-star team now. They can't pay everybody. Yeah. But good for him. He's worked hard. He did a great job this year. Did a great job the year before. He's taking advantage of his opportunity. It's big money. You know, I can't help to sit here. I, I think about the money and go, yeah, $51 million a year. I, I just, like, the Lamar aspect of this, again, That I can't help but to think that. I mean, Lamar's offer was better than this from what we know. It was 133 guaranteed. And we don't know the practical guarantee, but I, I guarantee it was worth more, north of 180, right? So the contract's not fully guaranteed. So the effects on Lamar right now, mm. <laughs> and then the other two guys coming down the, the pipes here, Joe Burrow and Herbert. I mean, I don't know. They're gonna have to. Joe Burrow's gonna expect to be paid more than Jalen Hurts. He's the number one pick of the draft. They went to the Super Bowl just like Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, he was definitely one of the two or three best quarterbacks in football this year. So that that's you know that's going to put the price tag up a little higher for them too as we uh, continue through the offseason here. Yeah, and a lot of it is what what makes sense for our team in the way they're currently constructed, yeah, right? right. The, the Eagles obviously are going to try to lean on some of these draft picks because if you're spending fifty million on a quarterback, that was one of the big advantages for the Eagles, right? We're we're paying a million to our quarterback, definitely who functions in this offense very very well, definitely and is a perfect fit for what we're trying to do here and what right. we're able to do. Um, and so now the calculus changes for them, and yeah. you wonder what that prevents them from doing, but. They're so sitting pretty still. They're a smart team, and they've got some oh, cheap labor elsewhere. Yeah, that's right. And they got to pay this guy. This is the way they want to play. They're formulated the team around him and what he does on the offensive side of the ball there. He's the leader so, of this team. He's a great leader. Right. He gives you everything you want from that position. Really, off the field we know, and on the field, damn, it's it's really close. And it continues to trend in the upward direction there. So uh, great for the Eagles. Great for Jalen Hurts. Happy for him. Uh, that's amazing. Big news. But yeah, I can't think the, my biggest thing is just, you know, what's Lamar thinking right now? Yeah. Does this make you know? it easier or harder for them to get a deal done? I, I, with Lamar, I, I, well, it might be like, wait, I want more per year now. Maybe something like that where he goes, mm-hmm. oh, wait, the, 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 the line is moved. I want more per year, but they might be able to sit here and go, it's 180 guaranteed, basically. Is that not enough for you? If we give you 200 guaranteed, is yeah. that enough? Like, to where I think it does put pressure on him here a little bit. Because it's just, again, like, hey, Jalen Hurts has got an agent. Hey, Jalen Hurts is the team guy. He's got it done. You can't get it done. 
So I think actually it's going to ultimately help the Ravens here. I mean, it's further indication maybe you strike while the iron's hot, right? You just uh, Jalen Hurts that's has my never biggest been thing. Right exactly. Now. That, why, that's and Lamar's right. coming off a couple of years where he's missed some time. Lamar should have struck three years ago yeah. when Josh Allen did. My, Florio said it right. When Josh Allen signed his contract, Lamar should have walked into the office and gone, I'll take this plus a little extra, and it would have been done. You're never going to get that money back. It's never. It's gone. I know everyone's going, oh, he's about to get a big payday. It doesn't matter. He still has missed like two or three years of huge paydays that has, you never make it back. You know, So that's where it's uh, going to be interesting in that conversation. It's Baltimore or bust, though, I think, ultimately for Lamar Jackson. Awesome for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And that's the end of the podcast. This'll, well, this will be the beginning of your show for the first hour. You and Mike Florio tomorrow uh, will be discussing right. this. That's all we're going to talk and about. And the question is, will you get yourself in trouble in that first hour of pro football talk? Talking about <laughs> Most this likely. Contract and what it may mean for the Eagles or other quarterbacks out there. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to have to deal with that. Maybe you're feeling under the weather. You're though, right. Maybe. I think I need to. I've been doing a lot of draft work. I need to take the day <laughs> off. You're exactly right. Yeah, I noticed you know? your nose is running a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Bit oh, allergies have been kissing, yeah, exactly. kicking my ass up here. Exactly. Take right? The day off. I mean, we did have like 90-degree days at the end of last week where everything popped up at all at once. It Pollen's was warmer killing me. here. I was in Virginia because I thought I was going to get warmer weather. Yeah. It was colder there than it was here. Yeah. No, What's yeah. That? That's the tropical northeast. All right, everybody. That's it. We did it. Podcast in the books. That was our defensive tackle draft rankings. We will be back on Wednesday. Ahmed and I, we're going to be doing linebackers and safeties. I'm done with the linebackers. I got some safeties still I got to get done here. Okay. But those are that's it. Coming down the home stretch. I'm happy about it. Yep. I only have three cold sores growing on my body right now. Other than that, I'm good, guys. Don't worry. I'm not stressed. All good. No problem. All right, everybody. Be good. Peace out. See you Wednesday. You know where to find us. Clap it up. Making my cat happy is my number one priority. And Fresh Step Out Stretch Litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty, for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh. And Fresh Step Out Stretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? Happy cat, happy life. Ah! Find Fresh Step Out Stretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.